we, they opened up a little small track in Danville called it Dixie Speedway. And uh, they wanted to get some black drivers. And uh, they thought they didn't know who to approach, so they went to the police department to find out what black guys had speeding records, things like that. So they told them they want somebody to drive a race car to see me. So that's how I started racing. Wendell Scott. He did every, I mean, he, he drove the car exactly what, he did exactly what the car wanted him to do. He got out early, it was it looked like a little tight, but he kept in the throttle and he got a good lap and wow, way to go. Bill. There you go. That's man, Tony Schumacher wins. He is the champion for an eighth time. But Antron Brown, if Tony Schumacher loses, becomes the first African-American to win an NHRA title. 7th world title. Y'all oh got all that out? There, you mm -hmm. feel better? Mm -hmm. okay. Well, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to another episode of Victory Lane Vibes. Man, the regular season over. Well, I guess the season over in general. You think about it. <laughs> Not for us, though. <laughs> 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 gotcha. Um, <laughs> we have... Um, you know, our finest of hosts this evening, the Fab Five. Uh, I'm here, Arthur's here, Danny's here, Carl's here, Kiana's here. Um, we're going to start off the show a little differently. We got a new segment for y'all. It's called Spilled Milk. What? Spilled Milk? <laughs> All over the floor. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to tease this uh, ahead of next year, because next year's going to be a regular segment. What Spilled Milk is, is is just that. It's us discussing discourse of somebody crying over spilled milk or things that are not <laughs> going to change no matter what you want to do about them. Now, it is not ever going to be targeted at one particular person unless that person is deserving of it. And just so I'm going to get that out the way, because I don't want somebody listening to this and going, oh, they're talking about me now. Multiple people engaged in this specific discourse for me to want to talk about it. And this in this uh, week's version or episode of Spilled Milk is people crying over the fact that multiple that 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 teams are running multiple paint schemes. I don't know where to start and where to end on it, but my consensus is this. Grow up. Um 
period. Yeah, at the end, they grow up. So, what just to give some context, because some people aren't terminally online like I am, um, what uh, transpired there? Um, oh, okay, y'all just muted. I'm sorry. I'll cut that out. I'm sorry. Uh, what transpired this past week before we got to Phoenix was a person that had designed the paint schemes for the 23, posted them in poster style, and it was a lot of schemes, obviously, and somebody retweeted it and said, this is a problem. What they were alluding to was that NASCAR has an identity crisis because teams run multiple schemes, and everybody kind of dogpiled on that what I felt like was an atrocious take. And then their backup to that was their, their, how they defended it was they posted a picture of a race from, you know, I don't know, 96, 97, something like that. If you want to do that. Okay, cool. Let's rewind the clocks back. I don't know, 20 years, 23 years, 24 years, however long we got to go back 27 years. How many of those brands that were in that picture are still in the sport? Very few. And if they are, it's in a very limited capacity. Also, ask yourself this. How does advertising look different now? How does marketing look different now than it did in 1997, 1998? Extremely different, right? You know, back then, TV commercials, radio commercials, billboards, print ads, or the biggest way you would consume advertising media. So obviously, you know, a average sponsoring a race car was a grand slam because you don't have to wait for that to air. It's going to be on the same time on TV, the same time every single week, the same driver, all that good stuff. And in the landscape allowed for it. Now we're in 2023. I get ads when I shop for groceries. Okay. Like the, like the, the, the landscape of that has changed dramatically. So you cannot, you truly cannot expect for, that to stay the same over the course of time. It's just such an unreal expectation. The other problem I had with this was people was people argued and they said, well, I don't know what driver. It's too, too hard to identify what paint scheme my driver's in, what car my driver's in. Again, grow up. Like, I, I, I totally understand the argument, but there is nothing, there is no way we're going to go back to those days. It's just not going to happen. And if you're telling me in this day and age that you cannot spend three to five minutes looking on looking on any of NASCAR socials, Jayski, that the, these teams have different social media pages, NASCAR race hub covers paint schemes, um, you know, even NASCAR.com. I mean, like I said, you know, they they do a, a weekly scheme preview. Uh, I mean, or even the pre-race. You're telling me through all that you can't figure out what car your driver's in? Come on, man. Grow up. There's no, there's no excuse for it. You're literally crying over spilled milk. This is the way the sport has had to change, and there is no going back to it. And I, and I wrongly alluded to what Steve Luetta, the, the president of the Eleven, said about multi-race sponsorships. And what he was saying is that we shouldn't be selling ourselves short. What y'all are saying is, is that you're mad that you're not sitting down and watching the Budweiser Eight Car for 36 races a year like you were you know, 15 years ago. And I'm sorry, you know, you know, it's not happening anymore. Point blank period. So that is my take on this week's in the first uh, inaugural version of a cry of a spilled milk, the spilled milk segment. Man, it was, as you all know, you know, we talk to each other all the time. 
the people who are on the podcast and some others as well. So nothing got us fired up than watching all of that go down on the timeline because we were all sending shots to the DMs. We were sending shots and replies. Personally, I like I feel validated when I, the black man, can outsmart somebody who thinks he knows better than me. Um, because I've been following NASCAR a much, much longer uh, length of period of time than they are. So it's always funny when people throw stones in glass house and then they go meet when you prove them right or wrong, I should say. So I exactly. like spilled milk, Carl. This is <laughs> man, this is awesome. No, I'm fired up. But now that's true, because like I as many people as I talked to that day, I think only one it was like one I think one designer responded to me but like none of the people who originally posted all that stuff it was like once I listed hey here's the business reason for this hey there's a whole marketing campaign behind this you're gonna know what that car looks like every week like stop playing like why are we being obtuse about this and it's funny because like none of them wanted to say anything after that I'm like yeah because you know I'm right like this whole argument is just stupid there was no reason for this at all but as Carl also correctly pointed out, and this was something, if he didn't uh, hit this, I was going to, is that it's been, like you said, it's been 15 years since we had the, you know, one sponsor for 36 races. You know, don't get me wrong, it was a phenomenal snapshot in time when NASCAR was huge. Every car, you know, broadly speaking, week in and week out looked the same. But we haven't had that in a very, very long time. Exactly. It's like really when the recession rolled in was when we started having ostensibly the week to week stuff, because what's the first thing to go when, you know, money starts getting tight in the corporate accounts, motorsports, that has always been the case. And NASCAR was no different. Um, so this is just the reality of NASCAR in 2023. And it was the reality of NASCAR in 2009. Um, just got to move on. I mean, personally, I enjoy seeing the schemes change every week because I get to see new companies who are interested in NASCAR. Everybody's talking about NASCAR is dead. NASCAR is dying. We are pulling sponsors about the woodwork. I still don't know how Denny found Mavis, Tyron Auto, but he found them. They signed big money. They, they, they signed a huge contract. Bubba got Lido's back, and they signed a huge contract. I, I don't understand why people are getting upset with new eyes and new attention coming to the sport that you supposedly love. If you love the sport, let the sport grow. I mean, let's be honest. They're upset because it's not their driver getting those sponsors. That's what well, that's just too damn bad. Well, and, 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 and I won't even say, say that much, right? Because I mean, there are other, other teams that, that run multiple schemes a year. I think my final point on it would be this though, is just in the case of the 23, right? So, I don't think a sponsor like Columbia is going to thrive in a NASCAR of, of yesteryear in the next Hell Cup era, the Winston Cup era, where they're running one scheme, right? Because they have taken advantage of the fact of being able to, you know, place, you know, be, uh, place of multiple facets of their product line on Bubba's car and be able to showcase that. And that's very unique. And we should honestly really want that. We should want for brands to be able to come into the sport that offer a multitude of products and showcase that in different ways every weekend. And, and like I said, and again, that's why it's Congress Field Milk because you're this, 
this change in the culture of the sport and the culture of the business model of the sport certainly has its downsides, but it also has its upsides. The, the, the way that McDonald's was able to, to market itself this year with the Grimace card and stuff like that, the way that they were able to include Dr. Pepper on a scheme and all this kind of stuff. It's just like, again, I think you're, you're mad. You know, it's, it's just like the Simpsons mean old man, old man yells at cloud yep. because there's, there's, there's just nothing to grab onto there for it to be a legitimate complaint. And, and, and look, I understand, like, and I think this really stemmed from like some time ago, Dell Jr. on his show said, like, I couldn't tell like who is who or whatever, but again, you know, he's a bastion of old NASCAR and it's like, he saw the sport from one angle, but as a fan, like I've just adapted over the years. And so like, I mean, it's very easy for me to go and find out like, Oh, they're running this scheme. And you don't even have to find this stuff out. Like teams do a really good job of presenting this information openly. NASCAR does a fantastic job of like sharing this information with people on a weekly basis. So this, it, it's not hard information to find. And, and I feel like, you're just intentionally just, you know, wanting to, you know, throw yourself down on the floor and, and have a fit about it for no reason. So, but that's all I had to say on it. I mean, didn't Junior run a nationwide car in the Amped Energy car? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, through the years up until the very end, he was one of the few that was able to have like one or two partners the entire year. Like he had, uh, you know, in the early Hendrick days, it was, um, National Guard and AMP, and then that transformed into, um, you know, Mount, uh, was it AMP and National, I mean, AMP and uh, Nationwide. Yeah, but uh, right at the very end is where he had, like, Exalta and Microsoft and, 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 and all this kind of stuff at the end. But even then, he was still in the same car every single week. So, again, he's not really a great uh, testament to, I guess, he to what we're preaching or whatever the case may be, but I mean, like I said, it is what it is. So, and actually, and before one final thing, because it, it brought up something very, very interesting. Um, and out of the entire, do I say the entire cup roster, who is the one driver that consistently only had two or three partners the entire year? The last oh bastion, well, Joey, but the last bastion of the Winston Cup days, Kevin, it was Wood Brothers Pizza and bush most of the time and i think that and i think that speaks more towards a uh, sponsorship touchiness more than anything else you know i mean kevin has been around since 2001 or had been around since that man has officially retired now but <clears throat> i think um to some extent you know as much as um as much as uh you know the people on socials that are being a bit obtuse about sort of modern drivers and modern uh, sponsorship. To some extent, I think that's kind of the sponsors too. Um, you know, like I said, you everybody else basically has rotating sponsors, but Kevin was the only one out there with like two. Well, one of the few, because there are a couple other drivers. Um, but Kevin is the one that sticks out in my brain uh, most brightly for that. Or did you want to add something before we move on yeah i just wanted to briefly touch on it i i really just find it kind of interesting that this outcry just kind of came out of nowhere i feel like um there hasn't been unless i've missed it a lot of talk about sponsorships and paint schemes a lot throughout the season and it seems like this this one poster this one illustration just stirred up a hornet's nest and you know i agree with a lot of the points here you know coming from a marketing background like it's 
if you're expecting things to be the same way they were in 1996, well, you're going to have a bad time. Um, that's just the reality of it. The sports change. You have to accept that um, and go where the money is. You know, if this car was cheaper, like they promised it would be, then maybe you wouldn't see as many sponsors needed. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, to Danny's point, there's only really one guy who's leaving who's been able to ride wire to wire with one sponsorship. And, you know, I just feel like there's so many things that we can complain about with NASCAR that whatever's, you know, vinyl wrapped on the car isn't the issue we should be talking about. Like there's, there are much bigger problems and and much more important bones to pick with this sport that I have than what the car looks like. So I just I wish we would all take that energy and put it to the point system, you know, or put it to the racing product. Like, I don't care what the car looks like I, as much as what the, the racing looks like. And so like, I just find it interesting that the timing of it and the outcry of it just it just felt very random so, and sudden. So it, I, it, it's I definitely, didn't think it was random, though. That's that's the you don't thing. Think so? No, because I saw as soon as they dropped that Star Wars scheme, I immediately saw people on the feed like, oh, why they get that? Why does he get all the cool ones? Why does he, you know? And I just, I feel like, you know, and of course people are not going to come out and say it, but you know, I know some people were out there salty. I know they were. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's also not surprising to me, given what we've seen in this sport just in the past, you know, eight or nine months and, you know, how Bubba's been treated and the things that have been said to us as a group. Um, even us just like when we started our podcast, you know, I mean, it's always going to be there. And so, you know, it's, I know there's a degree where, you know, some people just, you know, they don't like the multiple paint schemes. Cool. Fine. However, we also have seen the other side of that where people are literally just attacking because they're mad that, you know, Bubba got this and somebody else didn't. So it is a, you know, it's a multifaceted issue, but it just, (laughs) It's one of those things where people are just picking, you know, they're picking and it's, it's really one of those just dumb, whatever arguments. So I I think it's random to an extent, but I also think part of that was very targeted. Things that make you go. "Hmm." Exactly. (laughs) Well, let's kick this off. Please tune in. As we will continue to have spilled milk because it's just a it's a really great way to get us all fired up for um the race weekend recap. Um, in case you missed it, Christian Eckes wins the truck race and uh Le Phoenix. Um Carson Hosfar prevented uh Grant Enfinger to win the championship, uh, which allowed Ben Rhodes to take home the championship. What did you think of the race? What an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> what a absolute mess. <laughs> That's it. Cut. Preach. That's the end of the segment. It's going over. See y'all next time. Oh, my God. Cannot Back wait to, to talk my talk. Yeah, so I'll, in which case, I will, um, I'll try to keep it fairly brief then. Um, no, you're cool. I'm going at the end, so it's all good. But um, I just, oh my sweet Christ! Uh, I, it's, I mean, so I can't remember 
Oh, yes, I was. I was talking to my, uh, my partner about this uh, Saturday morning when we were setting up at the shop. You know, we were talking. I told them, I'm like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't really remember. I see, you know, we've talked about it, and I don't remember quite why I stopped watching trucks and so on and so forth. That was why I stopped watching trucks is <laughs> because you cannot trust in any sort of hallmark race. You cannot trust them to behave themselves. <laughs> and you know, and talking to them, I actually, I likened, uh, and this is actually a, a lovely little teaser, but I, I likened um, Carson to sort of uh, to Michael Schumacher in his Benetton days. <laughs> Clearly has a, an abundance of just raw talent. Carson is a talented young man. He is clearly fast. He is clearly that guy. I mean, he took the albatross around legacy's neck that had been the number 42 and he was you know putting in top 15s top uh top 10s but whenever there is anything at stake he loses his mind you know see you know hereth you know 1997 or uh australia 1994 um in the case of uh shumi but um yeah there was absolutely no reason i understand why to get underneath heim to try to retake take that but all you had to do was focus and you probably would have gotten him but instead you get in his rear bumper like three times in that lap and then you go bugger it and you just plow into him coming off the dog leg and then you know and i know the histrionics behind the wheel as to you know oh my god that's absolute garbage, first of all. <laughs> but I just, oh my lord. Um, it is just atrocious. And then Haim, of course, is mad and then annihilates him. Yeah, you know, halfway through stage three, he just kills Hosovar. Which is that fair? Yeah, probably. Is that a good look? No, not really. <laughs> I just, like I said, what a mess. And then, um, and then, and immediately this one is a little bit less clear cut. I'll be interested to what you guys think. It was the second overtime restart where somebody missed a shift and Ben just drove through him. I can't remember who that was, but yeah, yeah. I think that was Zane. I want to say, was it Zane? Yeah, I I think think it was. Yeah, but yeah, and Ben just doesn't lift. He just, drives through them and you know and i understand you know where the restart zone was for the truck race was really really stupid also um <laughs> that was <laughs> that was appalling um oh my god but and i know that contributed to a little bit of the chaos on restarts but it's like bruh like all you need to do is finish ahead of everybody else basically all of your championship four rivals had died it's like there is no reason why you needed to go and annihilate Zane, who had absolutely <laughs> nothing to win. I just, oh my god! Like I said, you know that is why I stopped watching trucks is because this is what it became. You know, it was the championship weekend. I said, you know what? Let me do something I haven't done in probably a decade. Let me sit down and watch all three series this weekend. And the truck race on Friday, I immediately regretted it because it was crummy racing. And then I went to bed late and then had to get up and go to work. And I was pissed about it. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you. I fell asleep during the second overtime. 
Well, I either fell asleep and it was the second overtime, or I fell asleep because they kept wrecking. I was like, mm, they're not going to be done with this. And I woke up at like three and the race was still on. And I was like, ain't no way, boy. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. But well, it was, it was, a, it, was a, it was the race replay. But I, I checked the, check the timeline, checked the group chat, and the race had only like just ended an hour ago. And I was like, man, hell no. This yeah, I wouldn't put it past them to race till 3 a.m., honestly. Oh, absolutely. I drank coffee. Because yeah. I was I was prepared for it because it's it felt like it was about to go all night. It's crazy. Yeah, like just to just to like give an example of how late it was. So I started my work day at um eleven fifteen on Friday. And our our clock's going 14 hour shifts. So you don't have to work that whole 14, but that's how far it goes. And I was I stopped right around like 11 11:45 almost midnight and uh they were still racing. Like I, I was able to catch like the very like last few laps and I was like god this thing started like 5 hours ago. <laughs> I just it, and and I don't even think there there I don't think there was a single race this year that had a timeline of shambles like that dude. That was insane. No. Um, that was crazy. And and even today, apparently, uh, uh, I guess it was Heim Spotter that was getting all puffed up on Twitter. I don't know, man. But anyway, Kiana, I don't even. I, man, <laughs> that's just. I I didn't know what to say. I mean, I was so. I just wanted Grant to win so badly, and he had it. Like, he could taste it. It's right there. And then we got to have five-year-old rugrats fighting in the back. Like, you know, I just, oh, God. It's like that kid in, uh, what was that game? Um, Like, in class, he had to do, it was like, um, you know, heads down, thumbs up, and, like, somebody would always mess it up trying to, like, look at somebody's shoes or, you know, just, like, ruining the whole game. And it's like, I just, God, that was so annoying because I, I felt bad for him because he got robbed of a great finish, but also just, you know, when you can see the trophy, <laughs> it's right there in front of you and it gets taken away for a dumb reason. Like, that's just, I I, I don't, I wouldn't be able to talk to him after the race. I'm sorry. Like, that's just heartbreaking. But yeah. Go ahead, Art. Go ahead, uh... Yeah, thoughts? yeah. I uh, I was watching the truck race and I fell asleep at the end of stage one. I woke up. I fell asleep at the end of stage two, and I said, "Screw this! I'm going to bed." I woke up halfway through stage three, and I was like, "Nah, go ahead and cancel this. I'm not watching this." <laughs> um, I woke up the next morning, I, like everybody else. I saw the chaos. I said, "All right, let me go find it online and watch stage three. and you know. Last week, I got real worked up over a certain driver who I'm not even going to mention this week because I don't even care about him that much. But this this race is so bad that it's it's beyond that level. Like you ever seen someone who's like they're so mad that they just they stop talking? Like that's the level of frustration I have with this race, this series, this playoff system, this crummy track that we end the season at every year now. I mean, it's just embarrassing. Like, and 
that's a word that gets thrown around a lot on NASCAR Twitter. Like, oh, this is embarrassing for the sport. Or, oh, this, you know, track limits are embarrassing, blah, 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 F1, whatever, whatever. But this is actually a show. Like, it was just absolutely god-awful. And, like, this is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. Like, this is just, it ain't good racing. To quote Dale Sr., it ain't good racing. And I honestly was hoping, we're going to talk about the next two series, but I was hoping the next two days would be just as bad. I said, go ahead, that you know, one end of the house is already burnt down. Let's burn down the other two wings, yeah. too. Let's just yeah. get everything torn, torn down. And let's make sure that we completely fall on our face, bust our teeth, and then maybe something will happen. And the other two races weren't nearly as bad as this, but I was pulling for it. I was hoping for Team Chaos. I wanted the Cup Series race to go into Monday morning oh and, you know, all the cars hey. to blow up because they had so many restarts. <laughs> like, that's what I was honestly hoping for because, like, it's just – this is so – bad and it's so obviously bad and i give nascar plenty of praise on this show but i'm a bad matthew and like like this is just god awful and i just you can't sit there with a straight face and tell me oh our playoff system's exciting oh we've got a great track to end the season on you know like you know don't piss on me and tell me it's raining my guy like this is awful like no one should be proud of this. Whoever won the championship, like, good for you. Take that trophy. But, like, shove it in the back of your closet, bro, because, like, y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. You honestly should be. Like, people paid money to come watch you. People flew from their homes to Phoenix, Arizona to watch you race. And that's what y'all did out there. Like, y'all are embarrassing. Like, you all should look in the mirror. And, like, it starts with NASCAR and race control and all of those people making those decisions. So... I'm just, I hate it. Like, this was legit my low point of the season. <laughs> it's been a long-ass season, and there's been a lot of stuff that ticked me off during it. But I was just like, this is really the best that we can offer as a sport. Like, ugh, I, I'm, I hate it so much. Art, that, that, that you mentioned race control, and that brings up a question I hadn't thought about. Do you think if NASCAR would have penalized Jose Varo Lap for that deal, right that that would have rung that would have brought the reins back in and, and the truck race wouldn't have turned out to be the way that it was i think it couldn't have hurt but i think the horses were already out of the barn at that point i mean right, right. this starts because you have a playoff system where you have to basically win the last race and yeah. you just drill into these drivers heads you have to win you have to win there's no give or take anymore and like all the older drivers have had, you know, the Harvicks and the Bushes and the Hamlins of the series have all said it as much, but like, there's no give or take anymore. It's I'll just drive through you and damn the consequences because I have to win. Like nothing else matters, but winning. Yeah. And when you have a playoff system that only really rewards winning, you know, you can have 35 wins and a second place and you lose the championship. Like it's kind of too late at that point. Like this is the bed you've made. And I mean, I hope they had a lot of egg on their face. I hope there were a lot of sponsors, honestly, that were pissed off after that. Like, if I'm Craftsman and I'm a, a marketing exec, like, that Monday I'm pissed because, like, my name is attached to that. And that was not something I would want my brand attached to, personally. I mean, they and might his think little, His little, you know, fake meltdown or whatever after he bumped. You know, I look, I did theater for 15 years. You're not fooling me with that. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. That was That was the fakest little... Oh my God! No, yeah. like just own it. I, I don't. I don't want to get too far off into it on my end, but I will say, as far as that goes, Carson strikes me very much as an individual that 
will throw a stone and hide his hand. Um, you know, I think that he legitimately did feel bad about that, but he didn't, you know, in the, in the time it took him to do that, he didn't think about it. Right. I mean, you know, you knew when you were getting into him, you knew that you were going to wash up. You, I mean, you know, and, and none of us are race car drivers, but just looking at that, like I said, it's like, okay, you knew you were going to end up on him. And so it's like, don't, you, you know, don't, don't feed me gravy until it's tell me it's chocolate, man. Like, look, you, you meant to get into him. That's fine. You didn't mean to wreck him. You can also say that, but don't sit there and say, well, I feel so bad. I want to call in the hole and die. It's like, no, because you're the decision-making process there that you went through a checklist and you dove down in there and you had to have accepted that that was one of the potential outcomes. So I would have, if, if Carson's would have owned up to it, I'd have been cool with it. But for him to like put on that, I just like, come on, man. Cause that's what I've been so critical of him all year is like, look, when just like with Ross Chastain, I'm going to get on, I'm going to get on his ass eventually too. Don't, don't sit there and just say like, Oh, I was just racing hard and it turned into something else. Like you knew what was going to happen, man. Don't, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like I said, and so I, you know, anyway, that's my whole take on it, but yeah. My, my thing real quick on Carson, it's like, either you did it on purpose or you shouldn't be in the truck because that's the that's the only two logical right. outcomes you either did it on purpose which okay fine like to your point own it or you're so bad at driving a race truck into a corner that you can't complete it without wrecking the guy above you and i don't think you're that bad a driver like you're, like you're at the highest level of racing like you've won races in nascar like you don't suck that bad that you can't make the corner. So I choose to believe that it was a conscious choice. And if it was a conscious choice, yeah, just be like, hey, you know, I was racing. I got tight. I hit him. I'm sorry. You know, it happens. You know, shit happens. But like, yeah, either you're awful and you shouldn't be here because you don't have the talent or it was on purpose. So neither of them are great, but one of them is sure a whole lot better than saying I don't belong in this series because I can't drive the car. And that's just the reality of it like the whole like to Canada's point the histrionics were above and beyond it's like yeah bro i i am familiar with your game you cannot fool me like i know what you're about <laughs> right yeah and to uh, your um and to your point i can't remember who but somebody after the race had said and i'm sure one of you can fill in this gap i was tired and angry on saturday so i didn't <laughs> i don't remember but um that you know, Carson will he'll you know basically wipe you out, apologize, and then do it again the next week. You know, it seems like yeah. this is an established pattern of True. behavior. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and oh boy, Carson is gonna have a rough time in Cup next year because those boys are not gonna tolerate it. You know, and, you know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just said like I said, it's just they're they're not gonna deal with it, and we're gonna find um, basically find him backwards or in the fence week in and week out because they're yeah, gonna get you think, sick of it. You think Joey Logano's gonna take that? Yeah, right. yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Logano is gonna give him two seconds and send him into the wall. So it, yeah, nice it is, yeah, it is so funny that Carson Hosevar has an amazing chance of being the cup driver. That like last year, everyone was saying that Ty Gibbs was going to be like, oh, Ty's going to run him over. He's going to get wrecked X, Y, and Z. And lo and behold, <laughs> it was it, it came in the least expected package, like I said. But, I mean, because Carson's shown his hand in cup, too. So, oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I mean, I, I, I want to root for him. I really do. You know, I mean, I think that he has a great talent. I think for you to 
bean trucks as long as you have and immediately make the jump to Xfinity and Cup and run the way that he has, I think is, is surely a very, you know, very, very talented individual. But you got to pick and choose your battles, man. And you can't just, just, just like, be, oh, I'm sorry, like your way out of things, bro. It's not right. going to work. Yeah. You know, like I said, that that war, I, I was done with that after Texas this year. Like the first race they had in Texas when like he wrecked Sanchez. I was like, all right, I'm done with it. You know, so um I just hope that that the ridicule that he got, the stares that he got, people knowing that he affected the championship outcome in a multitude of ways. I hope that that has embarrassed him enough and hurt him enough that he reigns it back in next year because if not, he's going to be in for a very rude awakening. So. So everybody was upset that he didn't just admit that he intentionally wrecked Corey Hahn. What's the risk? You're not running in trucks next year. Why would you like, yeah, play a screw up. I hit him. My bad. Is NASCAR going to suspend him for, for, for the clash? You're not, they're not going to let him drive in Daytona. It's the, the last race of the season. Just fess up and say, yeah, I did it. What's, what's the harm in saying, yeah, I did it? You get a little fine. You get a little points taken away. Well, you didn't win the championship, so there's what's, – what's your loss if there's yeah. nothing to gain? Yeah. Anyway, that's Trucks. Um, shout out to Roger. Got caught up in everybody else's foolishness. He still finished 12th. Um, moving on to Saturday, um, Cole Custer must have been hearing all the trash. I've talked about him since we've been – since our inception, because um, he proved me wrong. Not only did he win a race, he got him another championship. Well, his first. Did we did we clarify that? Is it his first Xfinity championship? I, think I so. do believe so. Keep talking. Yes, they were constantly ver- professionals I'll, here. We'll look I'll, ver- I'll verify. We're, we're professionals. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're professionals here. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, he won um, the Xfinity race. Tried to mimic Friday night. Um, but they behaved. It was actually some really good racing uh, for the most part. Um, that's uh, this, you know, we, we sat on here when we, we sung and sung and sung and sung John Hunter Numachek's uh, praises, um, but he might be um, a contestant in our favorite segment here shortly. Um, that's my two cents. Uh, he does, in fact, have, this is, in fact, his first title. His first title. Congratulations again, Cole Custer. <laughs> you, you got demoted, and you came back and showed Gene Haas and Tony Stewart that, in fact, you would like your car back, and you win the championship. Good for you, sir. Good it's kind of interesting. On his Wikipedia, under awards, it's 2020 Cup Series Rookie of the Year and 2023 Xfinity Series Champion. Yikes. Hey, moving up. He's moving up. Right? I mean, you know, if you're going to go down to Xfinity, that's making the best you can out of the situation, right? Like, he's making chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. So, I mean, good for him. Like, I personally was more excited about the social media content that's come out with Stone Cold, uh, Cole Custer. (laughs) in the days since the race than I really was for him winning itself. But yeah, the race was, I would say like, it was a solid race. There were points though, where I was watching it and I just might be just a bitter Winston cup 
fan, but I was just watching. I was like, yeah. I, this isn't doing it for me. Like, and the drivers are racing well, like to their credit, like the championship four, like they were very tidy throughout the race. They were mm -hmm. uh, top four, all running one to four, going three wide late in the race, you know, minimum contact and everyone brought the car home. So like you tip your hat to those guys. Like they, I feel like they kind of felt maybe there was some pressure to put on a bit of a better performance after the night before, but I don't know, man, like it, it didn't do it for me. Like, I I watched it. I was like, that's a race. I turned it off and I said, that's a race that did happen. And I saw the winner, <laughs> but there's there's nothing else for me. Like I, I usually take some notes after a race. I said, Cole Custer won, Sam finished fifth. That's it. Season's over. Um, mm -hmm. Like there's just nothing for me that was exciting or a takeaway. And I, I, I think part of that is, like I said, just my residual attitude towards this whole weekend and towards the current state of nascar but you know shout out to those guys for putting on a good performance like i think they did the best they could um and to cole like we said going down there getting the win i think everyone pretty much had john hunter pegged as the favorite i don't think any of us on this show last week picked cole to win so you know he showed us uh and you know you, you tip your hat to him they got the dub and that's what matters most i guess yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't a bad race. Um, and like I said, everybody drove well, drove clean. You know, it looked for a minute like a bit of um, the Friday night nonsense might break out. But then it's like the collective had that thought of, nope, let's not go there. And then they didn't. They closed it out, uh, raced hard at the end, uh, at that final restart. And Cole just had it. It looked like uh, Nemechek might have there for a second, but then was just took off up the track. Um, yeah, he tanked bad. Yeah, and then put it in the wall, and then that was that was it basically. Um, I figure, I think if he hadn't have done that, I think uh, John might have won. If I'm being perfectly honest, but you know, Cole did what he needed to do, and then that's that. Um, now, you know, an interesting point that I did see is that, you know, certainly the uh, perceived um, skill gap between Xfinity and uh, Cup. Because, yeah, Cole did not do very well in Cup, like, at all. But he's been, uh, he's been wiping the floor uh, in uh, Xfinity. And it's like, huh, curious. You know, great example, wins the, the Cup and then, you know, qualifies, what, 36th uh, for Brad? 35th mm, yeah. for uh for sunday and it's just like jesus christ right i mean uh, to, to cole's credit it, arguably he has one of the most exciting uh wins in cup his win at kentucky's still gets me all tingly watching him go what was it three or four wide on that restart i miss kentucky they need to bring kentucky back man that's such a great track nascar um kiana yeah, I mean it was it was an okay race. I was kind of in and out because it was also college football night. Uh, but it, I mean, it was okay for what I watched. I made sure I watched the end because I knew that was gonna be spicy. But I really wanted Allgaier to win. I was like, kind of, I was hoping maybe he could just get a little more. But he he was right there. Um, but yeah, I mean Cole just he had it so. I had to give him props for that because he he really showed that he wanted that and he got it. So can't be mad at that. 
And also shout out to Raj. Top 15. Did great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, top 10 speed, too. So. Yep. Got he was, caught in somebody else's shenanigans two mm-hmm. nights in a row. <laughs> and still nice. got through it. Still got through it. Shout out Rick Hendrick, Jeff Gordon, Chad Canales, everybody who made the decision to put him in the car. Um, hopefully you're leading us to something for 24. I'm holding yeah. my hopes out. It, it was um, cool seeing him do that. That was really cool. That was I appreciate them for that. I mean, he ran, he runs well with Alpha Prime. I don't know. He looked he looked real he was, fast. He was looking yeah, he was, he was looking really right yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was doing great. So yeah. yeah. And and I think like you know, people have said this year that like, well, trucks isn't a good place to develop. <laughs> and it's mainly in regards to Deegan. And I'm like, whatever, dude. But I will say that seeing Hart seeing Hosevar and seeing uh Raj like be able to jump in tell the series and actually like kind of harness her talent a bit better for where Raj is running the alpha prime cars, how he looked, you know, uh, on Saturday and, and how, you know, host of is running the cup car. So, you know, may, maybe trucks just is just kind of at this point, just wasted time. Um, because, uh, like I said, I, I think that if Raj has spent this entire year in that 17, um, versus the alpha prime cars, he probably would have had a couple wins. So, um, it was cool to see, though. I, it makes it really helpful for the future. So, any last words on the uh, the Xfinity race? Y'all good? No questions, comments. Well, there was a watermelon smashing Sunday. Yeah, uh, but Blaney won. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but Ryan Blaney, I cannot can I read my notes? No, I need a funny. No, Blaney Bays, we what, are up. We are up. It was a watermelon our smashing time. good time. Ross Chastain <laughs> wins the race, and Ryan Blaney shows young money who the real goat is, drove out of his life and into a cup championship. See, you see the lead up? You see bless. the lead up? Um, wow. Everybody says that Kyle Larson has talent, but golly, if you watch those 15 laps, Ryan Blaney put that work on him. Caught him and left him. He is him. Ryan Blaney is your cup champion. Him. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, this this was probably I'm an emotional person. This y'all. Yeah. But uh, this one this one really hit me in the feels because if you just look at the run he had the round of eight just to destroy everyone, man. Yeah. Did up. He's yeah. He 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 stayed up all night talking to Joey. Running through the game plan, how they won last year, and boy, if they didn't copy paste that script, man, that, that was something to watch. That was arguably the Cup race saved the championship weekend. I'll, 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 I'll Kiana, it's your floor. Yeah, thank you. You got the mic. Thank you. Go off, Blaney, my baby. I'm so proud, but I knew he could. That's what I'm saying. I've been saying it all year. People been sleeping on my boy, and now they see. So I'm just saying, like, you know, and kind of like what I said, was that last night or earlier today, you know, people were not paying attention to the fact that he was very calculated with how he got into the playoffs. Yeah, he had some bad races, but he still knew what he needed to do to get to the next rounds. So as long as he just did what he needed to do (laughs) to get to the next round, he was good. It wasn't about being, you know, necessarily the fastest or whatever in those early rounds. He just needed to get to the next step. But I, I guarantee they had a plan. If you know they got to the champ four, they knew what to do. Again, 
they had Joey. So they already got a game plan. And, you know, it was very interesting to see, you know, he just started to turn up the heat in the round of eight and people started to notice like, oh, he's a problem. Like he's been a problem. Y'all just weren't paying attention. And, you know, it was really cool to just see once you start looking at the stats and it's like, oh yeah. I mean, just looking at the points that he racked up, my God, (laughs) like bro was bankrupted everybody, you know, like. I mean, that was just, it was crazy, but I was so proud because I feel like now people see that boy is smart. He's flying. And I I just, I was holding my breath. He did make me mad when he started getting his little temper tantrum because we got to talk about that. I don't know what was going on, but I really just wanted someone to come on the radio and be like, bro, chill out. Okay. You do not need to win the race. You just need to be in front of the other three. That's it. But he was he was getting way ahead of himself and he almost lost it. And I was gonna like literally crack my TV. I was gonna do that Josiah beam with like the crack TV. That was gonna be me because <laughs> bro was making me mad. But I mean it was just, you know, that's what it was. It's just he was getting out of focus and I needed him to refocus and just realize, hey, I'm in front of the other three. I just need to take off and go. I don't need to get past Ross. If I can get past him, great, but I don't need to. And I would just wish he had that like moment of clarity earlier before he started bumping on Ross and, you know, getting himself loose. I mean, he really almost lost it a couple times. And I was just like sitting there holding my breath that he was not going to lose that car because that would have just ruined me. But I'm glad he refocused. I'm glad he got it back. And I knew he could just get past him and just fly where he needed to go at the end. So congrats to Mabu. Got all my champ stuff on pre-order ready to go i'm gonna be wearing blaney shirts for the next i guess four months but you know it's cool i'm ready danny yes i because i am sick and tired and well frankly i kind of enjoy it i'm going to be the bucket of cold water here for just a second um you know you know blaney has had pace blaney has always had talent that's you know never really been so much an issue but for you know, I don't know if it's Penske at large. I don't know if it's just, you know, the number 12 team. Putting it together occasionally can be a little bit of an issue. Yes, when everything, well, actually, the fact that this outgoing Mustang is dog slow under most circumstances also doesn't really help. Um, it's amazing that this car effectively has a 100% championship rate when it sucks like every other time. But, well, I'm going to try not to beat Arthur and delve into an angry rant about this points format because that's well, that's also part of it. But I'll, I'll leave that for him. Um, <clears throat> but anyhow, you know, yes, absolutely. You know, speed, pace, you know, abound. That's, you know, not so much. Well, usually that's not the issue. Um, however, you know, because of this points format, getting a slow start to the playoff can be kind of a kiss of death if you're not careful you know yes you know in theory no you don't need to win a race you can just point your way in but if you have a bad weekend then you're kind of screwed you know great example we saw denny's championship hopes evaporate uh just due to a mechanical failure he had been cooking for most of the for the playoffs up to that point and then one bad race and boom that's it he's done so if Penske and the 12 team was being calculated. They cut it very close. 
a few times, you know, particularly in round of 16 and round of 12. Now then, yes, he caught fire. He had the momentum round of eight going forward. You know, yes, uh, looking at, I mean, I think we all saw that tweet that effectively compiled the uh, playoff stats uh, for each round. And yeah, round of eight, it's just Blaney. And that is wild to see. But, but yeah, trying to, you know, hang back and be uber calculating in the first couple of rounds, it's not really, that ain't it. You know, that's a good way to get yourself knocked out, you know, especially if you know that you have the speed to be a champ for contender. Um, and I mean, it's not necessarily that it was like totally calculated, but he also knew what he needed to do to just get in. So, you know, even if he couldn't win, he at least went into the next race knowing what he needed to do to keep himself safe. And yeah, I, so, yeah, and I guess to some extent, I mean, they all do, don't they? Right. You know, it's of course that you know that's helped by you know, of course, you know, if you've got a win, and then you know, if you get stage wins, you know, playoff points because that was, and I'm, I mean, we've done plenty of post mortems both on this podcast, and you know, just across the. Uh, the uh, annals of uh, Twitter, just, you know, the lack of stage wins and subsequent, you know, playoff points. That was just what obliterated Bubba. You know, it wasn't for a lack of pace, but he basically started dead last each round that he was in. And that didn't help him. But, <clears throat> pardon me. But, um, yeah, no, round of eight, you know, Blaney caught fire. And, I mean, kind of that was that. Um, you know, I... Funny enough, I was, you know, scrolling through Twitter and, you know, even, you know, a self-professed, uh, you know, Larson fan said, you know, that even God himself wasn't going to be able to defend from Blaney through a lot of those long runs. And I mean, he did the work because it's, you know, you know, you, you know, talk about lights too bright. You know, that was his pit crew uh, on Sunday that put him behind every single stop. And he basically had to go and pass them and do it all over again. And, you know, just the wonderful bit of awareness of, Eventually, they're going to fix their cars, and I'm not going to be able to do that. You know, now, of course, it didn't end up mattering in the end. But, but yeah, the one weekend that his pit crew needed to uh, be good, they were not. Which is uh, a bit of a bummer, but... Um, Sounds hey familiar. Yeah, I was just about to say, we talk <laughs> about this all the time. And it just... It, it happens. It is what it is. But, you know, congratulations to Ryan. Super cool to see, you know, a good guy win a championship. And that's really the biggest thing. You know, I spilled tons of ink on Twitter after, you know, Larson basically gets suspended and then comes back and wins a championship immediately. And it's cool to see the opposite happen. You know, Ryan's a cool dude. Right. And a cool dude won a championship. You know, I won't, you know, talk about Joey too much. I know he's, you know, super divisive. You, you either you love him or hate him. Uh, not, not a huge fan, but he is not uh, out, ex um, outwardly annoying. So it's, it is what it is. But nope, congratulations to Ryan. And yeah, no, it was good, good driving. Um, it was probably the best Cup race I've seen at Phoenix in a while. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you know, I think. History will look back at this season for Ryan and especially in the, with the playoff run. And a lot of people will go, why were we really that worried? Um, you know, there are certain moments, I think, in sports that in hindsight, they just kind of seem to be destiny that no matter what the, the situation was, no matter how bad it looked, it was still going to happen. Um, I think of like the 28 to three comeback. I think of like, um, Jordan 
against Utah game six, like there are moments that like you see it now and you're like, Oh, of course it's going to end this way. But in the moment, like there's so much doubt. Um, And so I was looking at Ryan's stats before we came on and I was just looking at the races. So he won at Charlotte, of course, that locked him in the playoffs from the Charlotte win to the playoffs. There are 12 races. He had four top tens and he had five finishes of 30th or worse. So this was a team that came into the playoffs that did not have a ton of momentum. Like, obviously, you get that win. That's huge. You clinch. But, you know, to Danny's point, like, this wasn't a team that had a a ton of playoff points, like a true X that could really coast. Um, But they just found a way to survive. And if you look at those last six races, his average finish is fourth place. (laughs) He killed it. Yeah. You know, like, that's as clutch as you can be. And, you know, I think back to the Martinsville race. And it just seemed like late in that race, like there was no way he was not going to win. Like it was just destined to be. And there were parts in this race where I had that same feeling and I thought, Oh, well, there's no way he's not going to finish ahead of his uh, other championship for opponents. I didn't know if he was going to win, but I just felt like it was clear that he was just willing this car to victory, to do what it needed to be done. Um, now the asterisk is that he almost he was a fender away from having the brightest of lights too bright if he caved in his radiator on the back bumper of chastain uh i was prepared to come in on this show and just cuss him up and down for ruining such a golden opportunity racing so hard uh but you know to kiana's point thankfully cooler heads prevailed and you know this is I think we all on this show, especially we like Ryan, like he seems like a great dude. Um, you know, I look back at the last, I don't know, 10, 13 years of champions and none of them were guys that I really liked that I really could wrap my arms around as a fan personally. And I feel like Ryan's probably the first one in that time span that I've really rooted for like throughout the season, like I root for their success. And so I'm very happy for him to get this win. Uh, I'm really happy because I picked him and I needed one of my picks to survive <laughs> and he came through for it for me. Um, but yeah, I think this is fantastic for him. Like he's been such a big face of the sport and I think this is just kind of catapults him a bit more into the mainstream as well. Um, I saw that he's doing all the, the talk show circuits and he's one of those people that represents the sport really well. Um, he's a young face. He's engaging. He checks all the boxes you would want from a marketing perspective. So uh, you know, this was a race where you can just score one for the good guys. Uh, it, that's all you could really hope for if you're a, a Blaney fan. Uh, I was just very, very nervous. I was screaming at the TV when he's running up on Chastain. It's like, dude, you don't have to win. Like, what are you doing? Um, along with some other choice four-letter words that we won't repeat on air for Carl's sake in editing. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's just I'm I'm happy that he got the win. You know, I part of me is relieved that he won. I did not want to have Kyle Larson oh, fans up and down the timeline. I did oh, not want Lord. to have. I'd have deleted yeah. my account. Man, they were yeah, they were they were on it. Man. Yeah, I did not want. I did not want Christopher Bell fans all up and down the timeline. I think Bell's a bad <laughs> teammate. You know, the only guy that I really would have accepted besides Lord. Blaney was uh, was the twenty four. No, because he was. Yeah, no. no. This is my pick. Down. Down. Yeah, yeah, that, 
Yeah. I mean, go home. You know, like I don't. You suck, Arthur. I don't. I don't blame people (laughs) in the moment for saying stuff like that because it was just really funny, though. (laughs) It's funny looking back on it because it didn't happen. But like, if 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 the roles were reversed and Blaney cut a tire. That's one of those like iconic calls that uh, you make as like a coach, and you're like, that's the moment that like you your team flipped yeah. the switch and like it turned around yeah. for you. That was the thing. Yeah, it was no, just absolutely. like nothing happened. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. back there, like in another yeah. in another the universe, they're making in another universe they're making that on t-shirts and hats at the Hendrick shop right now, oh, and like they're selling God. them for nineteen ninety nine. But oh, uh, yeah, I I uh, I'm glad. Like I said, that Blaney got the dub. This was score one for the good guys, so I'm happy for him. You could almost say, given the the paint schemes that 2311 ran this weekend, that the uh, the rebellion won against the Empire, the Hendrick Empire. Ooh, ooh that's good. That's good. <laughs> wow. okay. I, I like see that. what you did there, <laughs> uh, Monte. Um, real quick, give us your thoughts over the weekend, then I'll go. It wasn't too bad, but the truck series was a bit uh, that pissed me off. I don't want to go there. I literally just got in the episode, but that that happened. Uh, if Xfinity was cool, I'm happy for Cole Custer though to get his uh, first championship. Long, long overdue, and not only not only that, he was a bridesmaid for years. And trust me, he was a beast in Xfinity. To him to get a championship in Xfinity, that's that's amazing. Happy for him. Sunday, uh <laughs> I, actually, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm, Christopher Bell, I hate it for I hate it for him, man. Oh man, I was sick. Then I have to. I'm like, Lord, don't do this to me. But lucky enough, I had Blaney. Happy for Blaney. Happy for um for him to get his first championship. I'm happy that he did it. Like, yes, sir, man. Congratulations to you. I, I, I really don't... wanted to see him and Bell go at it, though. I was really sad about that. Like, if there were two out there that I really wanted to see battle, it was Blaney and Bell, because I knew mm-hmm. that was going to be good. Yeah. Nah. Was, oh, right. Shut up, Art. That's all my mute. I was about to say that. I, I, I will say, you know, Bonte, just, just, I want you to think about this, right? Bell's been in the Cup Series for four years now, and he has a 50% appearance in the final four, which is better than anybody else in, in the field. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's an outstanding statistic. And, I mean, yeah. I feel like that's very indicative of what we're going to see in the coming years from him. So don't yeah. feel too bad about it. Oh, I'm or not. think of that as success that cannot be sustained. Either. Uh, Shut up, Art. <laughs> Do uh, not make me but- re- You know what? Okay. I'm, I'm going to say- get the hashtag moms for Blaney on you. Keep playing. I, I was about to say, like, but I'm—I mean, it is what it is. All—all all, all you gotta do is just be—be be proud of where, where, where you came from. So, look, looking for the bell to come back to over, overcome, but I'll, it, it, I think it's—I think it's—I think it's, I think it's uh, bu- bu- bubble time to come next season. Yeah. Hey, you know why? You know why his race ended the way that it did? He ran two. He ran two sponsors. We tried to tell you. Dual schemes don't win. We told you that last week, and you didn't listen. I feel so vindicated. As as soon as I saw that picture, I said, oh, it's a wrap. He ain't winning nothing. Dual schemes don't win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But my take before we move on, um, everybody's talking about Ryan being super aggressive with Frost. Um, Hello, did you see Kyle try to kill him? 
Cal tried yeah. to kill Ryan Blaine. You know Don't I mean? see. I was trying to be nice because you know nah, you know I, what I was no, probably saying I'm, in my I'm TV at that light point. To it. I'm shedding light to it. Um, <laughs> it's you like he knew he was beat. He said, "Well, I'm just yep. wreck him. And I'm gonna just I'm gonna just kick him out." But thankfully, uh, Spidey senses were on for Ryan, so he avoided that. But he got outclassed, Kyle Larson. You gotta hit the hit the game tape, my boy, and come back next year, try it again. But um. It was the overall the race was really good. Shout out to Bubba finishing the season not only with a top ten in the race, but a top ten in the Woo-hoo! points. Shout out to NBC yeah. for not sharing the Star Wars cars, not sharing the uh the the likenesses and, and the battle between him and Tyler. Just shout out for y'all fumbling that beautiful, beautiful Starbucks Disney. Yeah, R2D2. Right. That had R2D2 like pre-race and y'all just y'all just messed everything up. If you're gonna give me an hour and a half of pre-race coverage, do something with it and shout Absolutely. out who's there. Yeah. Like it's I don't I don't like I don't care about William Byron and what he had for breakfast and I don't care about it like this. Oh. You need to, to, to show the whole field and oh, highlight man. everybody's in the field if you're gonna make me turn on my TV at two o'clock. Or race that green flags at three forty-seven. Yeah, back, back to spilled milk. Like that is that is the one point of contention I will allow is that when you have situations like that, they do need to do a better job on TV of showing that. Um, because for the casual fan that turned in, I think that would have been really cool for them to see, and they didn't cover that whatsoever. But it, you know, it is what right. it is. That is that is that is the smallest pet peeve I've had with this whole weekend. Uh, whenever I get to talk about it, so well, I, I feel bad, but I'm gonna save it for for lights too bright. We're not there I yet, though. Okay, um, Carl, you got yeah. anything to wrap up before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna do the, the whole weekend recap. You want me to wait on that? Oh, no, let's do it, ladies okay. and gentlemen. Right. Our very own Carl is gonna do <laughs> his version uh, of the weekend. Let's get it. Get I, I uh, I tried to like today, like do this bit where like I mimic like the, the case, the cadence and pace of uh, Stephen A. Smith when he's like real serious, but I couldn't do it. But let me start it off with, with, with the positive. So as far as the Blaney title goes, it's probably the most excited I've been for a championship in a number of years. And the reason being, we talked a couple weeks ago about, you know, you have to give guys their bones, right? And, you know, Kyle Larson, you know, people argue that he's the greatest driver in, in North America. Some even say the world, which is crazy. But Cap, I, I, yeah, I, w- I would say I, I would I would not give him that title. But I will say that the five team as a whole is probably the greatest is is the is the top of the pyramid as far as race teams go in North America. Cap. And I mean that. I mean that from the perspective of Cliff Daniels' crew chief from the Hendrick Engine Shop, the, the people that work on the cars, the pit crew, and the driver, right? Um, I mean, and um, so, I, you know, I'll, I'll say that. Kyle Larson, you know, has been in contention to win most weeks since he's been in the five car, right? Like, he's – there has not been a race where I'm like – Man, this ain't you know. I'm like, I'm like, man. I hope Larson gonna win this because he's been that point of contention most weeks. So for Ryan Blaney to show up the way that he did, start from 15th, drive through the field, 
and outpaced Kyle Larson and William Byron all day um, and then have a late race. And this is where I say the five team is the best team in North America, right? Because it was a reflection of 2021. Late race caution, Larson is not in position to win the title. They go, they know they have to get a smidgen of time. And we're talking tenths of a second on pit road to put Larson in front of Blaney. And they do that. And I don't think you do that unless you're one of the greatest teams in, in, in the sport. So that's where I get that from. And I'm like, man, this is totally fell into Larson's lap now. This is 2021 all over again. Um, and, you know, all Larson has to do is just run away with it from here. And for Blaney to, uh, you know, to, 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 to settle in, get right back by him, um, and run away with it, you know, I mean, I, I, it, was, it was an amazing drive, and is he is fully deserving of his roses. Um, I said it on social media as soon as it happened. I've always liked Ryan. I have been one of the people that have been always kind of questioning, like, oh, I don't think he can execute X, Y, and Z. And I think a lot of that is is just that you know, is, is that maybe it's just been Pinsky's execution and not Ryan's execution. That performance in and of itself has made me a lifelong fan. I don't care who you are. But in a in a system for people that say, well, Ryan doesn't deserve the title, in a system where it awards the highest finishing driver in the last race of the season, for him to go out and do that is a deserving drive. Um, and so I'm a lifelong Blaney fan off of that. Now, to talk about this weekend as a whole, we've already kind of visited a little bit about um, you know, the disgust of the truck series and of his championship format. People have talked about it all week, you know. Well, so-and-so should have really won the championship and in whatever series, whatever the case may be. And, you know, to, to start there, um, I, I want to say this. So a hard truth to swallow, I think, for everybody, myself included, is that when you look at um, sports, right, you look at, you know, racing is a sport, baseball, basketball, football, or all sports. But when you look at NASCAR and the, and the MLB and the NFL and the NBA, um, they are sports entertainment. And sports entertainment is bold and underlined. And to even to even kind of further this, my point, you know, you have to kind of travel back in time 2002 when the WWF lost that lawsuit and they had to rename it themselves the WWE because then we started discussing like, okay, what is sports entertainment exactly, right? And wrestling has its own thing because it's it's way further out there as far as putting on a good show. But at the end of the day, when you have, you know, these giant corporate title sponsors and you have broadcast rights, ticket sales, uh, you know, venue profit sharing, merchandise sales, investors, all these different things that quantify into hundreds of millions of dollars, you are an entertainment industry, point blank, period. The, the sporting aspect of it is all but gone out. So I know people are mad about how the truck series race went. And I know there was a lot of disgust about it, but it's entertaining disgust, right? Because it's just like people say, like, it's like a train wreck you can't turn away. No matter how pissed off that made you, people didn't stop watching. They didn't turn it off. Some might have. But they were still they were talking about it days later. And I think in the minds of corporate America to 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 have that happen is a win for them. Right. I think 
we go to we go to Daytona in February. I will say by March, uh, we're gonna see clips of this race uh, being called the truck race being used to promote the truck series, right? Um, that and so that's that's my one point is everybody's you know like oh this is such a gimmick X Y and Z and it's like yeah no I am I the biggest fan of this one race take all no absolutely not I, I think that it's very unfair no other racing series in the world does this there's no reason that we should be doing this and every we have crowned seven champions in ten championship races okay every time somebody has walked away feeling like they as a fan base have been robbed and I think that. NASCAR knows that that conversation is had every time and they simply don't care. Um, because again, you know, me and art this week kind of went back and forth about the 2015 title with Kyle Bush, right? Because at the end of, as long as people are talking about it then you've done your job. So that that's my take on as far as uh, you know, the, the playoff format and, and the chase and all this other stuff, like I said, and it's like Tony Stewart said, why are we talking about, what the way things used to be. They're not that way anymore. NASCAR has set forth a series of guidelines and they said, look, if you do this, you are now the champion. End of story. It's their ball. It's their court. So until something else changes, that's the way things have to be. And I don't, you, you can, you can, you can talk all day about what well, Ben Rhodes isn't a deserving champion. He somehow managed to stay out of the chaos on Friday. He's now the champion. End of story. You know, he didn't go diving it off deep into turn three and, like, sit and wreck somebody or got wrecked, whatever the case may be. You know, I hate it for Grand Infinger. I really do. But, again, he managed to, to stay out of it. You know, I love John Hunter Nemechek, right? I was really rooting for him. At the end of the day, he wasn't there when he counted. Cole Custer was. That's great on Cole Custer to perform when he needed to. It sucks that John Hunter Nemechek, even though he won seven races, couldn't. You know, it's just it's just the way that it is, and it's very unfortunate. But that's just that's just how it has to be. And I think that I feel like we are kind of not taking into account that there are the people that are signing checks for this sport are not race fans, right? They are they are marketing execs, they are PR people, they are making commercials, and they're selling tractors, right? So the core product is not their concern. Now, the other point of the other thing I want to bring up that really pissed me off was everybody complaining about like Ryan Blaney has no reason to complain about how he's being raced. Let's go, let's time travel again. Let's go back to Darlington in the spring, the first Darlington race. Well, what happened? Well, Ross Chastain is being typical Ross Chastain and, and, and wreck people. And then he was like, I don't know what happened afterwards. Him and Carson Hosevar, one and the same on that. And Rick Hendrick, big boss man, big boss, big big Chevy boss hog himself, stands up and he says something about it, right? Okay, cool. And he flies straight. You, there is no way you can convince me that games were not being played there. And I was just as pissed about it as Ryan was because there were times, not in the last run, but prior to that last caution, where it was painfully obvious the twelve was faster than the one. And the and, and everybody's like, well, you know, it's they don't have to race you any different. That's totally fine. But the one is intentionally backing the 12 up because at one point, Truex, who was like two seconds off of them in that like middle run, caught them and made things difficult. The one is backing them up to the five and the 24 to try to cause a situation where, you know, 
none of them win the race, right? But somehow the 24 of the five managed to get around them because they're battling in traffic. To me, that was disgraceful. That that left a really bad taste in my mouth. And for Chastain to get out of the car and be like, I wasn't going to race him any differently. My brother in Christ, you did race him differently because if that was if that was another Chevy teammate, if that was the five, you would have let him go. And I have no doubt in my heart about that. So the people saying like Blaney had nothing to complain about, shut the fuck up. I I I really no honestly, it, like it really pisses me off because again, you have to have been blind to see that the twelve was trying as hardest to get around the one. I understand that the, the mindset of I have to win this race might have been toxic or whatever, or might have gotten him in trouble. But I think that's the mind of any race car driver. If I have the fastest car, I'm in a and I'm in a series where I have to finish as high as possible to guarantee this championship. And we just saw in the leather two series, the guys that have won the most races not walk away from Phoenix winning a title. Then my mindset is I'm winning this race. So as far as I'm concerned, that has permanently put Chastain in the doghouse with me because that was pathetic. And then for you to get out and act all Billy Badass about it, bro, like, no, we know you're on a very short chain with Rick Hendrick, right? We know what that was about. And for and for people to act like it was anything different, no, nah, bro, in my opinion, that, that is almost the exact same as 2013 Richmond. And you cannot convince me otherwise. I have been steaming about it since since, since I saw it, and now it's all out there. But that's all I got to say about it. I'm over the moon for Ryan Blaney. I'm ordering all the merch, and I'm excited for Bubba to win the title next year. Amen. Amen. Simple as that, my brother. That was that was beautiful, Carl. That was that was fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. Fantastic. <clears throat> um, <sighs> moving on, I'm gonna shoot over to 2011 corner real quick. Um. Like I mentioned earlier, Bubba got a top mm-hmm. 10. I think Tyler finished 14th, 18th, 22nd. No, he get it right eventually. Um, ending their day in Phoenix. Um, interesting. It was, you know, you, you scroll online all day carelessly. Um, they both averaged top 15 finishes this year. It was really down to the decimal point. Um, their differences. I'm really, I'm pleased with Tyler's first season of 2011. You know, he got two wins. Um, the pit crew and him couldn't figure it out as far as their pit road penalties and stuff to help them progress further in the playoffs. But I think it was, you know, it was a pretty good normal season for him with the with the gang. Um, yeah, what y'all think? I'm gonna go with first. Um, Bam, what a race for Bubba. They ain't gonna lie, man. Top, he literally was in the top 10 all race. Did did a good job, held his own. He did have a little issue with Brad at towards the end, but he did apologize. And Brad talked talk about it, but like, keep like, like, yeah, keep good ground. You can be smooth, you'd be all right. And then that's what he did. Sat in the top 10 all day, like the lows he had, like, like the lows he was, like, like 12th. But overall, all sorts of Bubba. Tyler, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Just had like a like tons of issues going on. To, but yeah, but but back to Bubba. What a um a great uh what a great finish to finish off the season with a top top ten finish. But yeah, that's cool. 
Yeah, I. <clears throat> this was a good. You know, Bubba did well. Tyler kind of nowhere, but it's at least for me and Bubba, sort of as it pertains to Cup in the year. I'm actually less interested in this race, particularly in more sort of broader picture. You know, as um, Jarrett helpfully noted, yes, they were separated by the decimal point. It was average finish for Tyler was like fifteen point seven, as opposed to fifteen point nine, I do believe. For uh, Bubba, so I mean, technically both rounding up to 16, but I like medicinals, so we'll run with that. <clears throat> but the biggest thing is sort of how they went about it. You know, Tyler came out of the gates pretty hot to start the year and then just kind of tailed off. Where, you know, Bubba, you know, well, barring the month of August, that was, to be fair, wasn't great, but kind of basically caught fire during the summer stretch and was able to maintain that momentum, broadly speaking. Um and arguably was sort of better when it counted. But the biggest part of the sort of the race weekend, at the end, championship celebration, who is Bubba talking to? Captain Roger. <clears throat> and that, to me, is exceptionally curious. I mean, and of course, it could have been nothing more than an innocuous conversation. It is no secret around the the nascar paddock that ryan and bubba are best buds but of course this does get the this gets the synapses in my brain firing a you know well what would it look like if bubba for some reason or another ended up at penske i mean truth be told i mean austin has been well frankly absolutely useless in the number two so you know, you know, given Denny's insistence on, you know, Tyler being the franchise guy, maybe, you know, Bubba says, well, okay, well, that's enough up yours then. You know, Roger is tired of, well, like I said, frankly, is just tired of uh, Austin being a useless f and decides to ship him off out the door. And then, <laughs> well, you've got a vacancy. What do you do with that? So... Like I said, it's fun to dream. You know, I figure, you know, I and this will all is all of this is predicated based on how the uh uh S650 uh Mustang Cup car does. Uh I should point out, but I figure at worst it could be a lateral move, you know, but at best if that car is faster, faster than Toyota's, plus you're gonna have way more in the way of support being at Penske and being in a Ford. I don't know. But look at the cook at Penske. I uh I, I... So, my the biggest thing I want to talk about for the twenty three eleven corner is a shout out to Kyle Williams, the designer on the twenty three car, yeah, putting R two D two on uh, the top in the center of the of the roof, um, because like it, it like that's such a small detail that'll literally go unnoticed. But to anybody who's had like models of like X wings or Y wings in the room as a kid, me, like. You know, having an Astrotech droid like right where it should be, I thought it was such a cool detail. That whole deal, start to finish, of seeing him with that car and Mark Hamill and the forces with you, like I teared up, man. And this is somebody who, like, I've had some disdain for the Star Wars like franchise for a couple years now, just because of some things that have happened in the last like five or six years. But like that was such a fantastic thing to say to see and Bubba even like though that he is not a Star Wars fan was was like 
really, really played the part well. Really cool to see. But outside of that, um, I, you know, I, I don't have much to say about Phoenix. You know, I, I was really kind of curious, like, what happened with the 45? They seemed to have missed a setup pretty bad or, or something. Um, yeah, but, I mean, you know, Bubba ran a great race all day long in the top 10. And, and I said it every episode that it was like, man, he's getting better and better and better and better. And, you know, I mean, because it's just like we started off this year and like everybody had like track circle that they thought he was going to run good at. You know, I thought, you know, Atlanta, Charlotte, uh, Michigan, Auto Club, Vegas, Kansas. Right. And then he's like, no, I'm going to run good at Bristol. I run good at Martinsville. I'm going to run good, good at Phoenix, you know, and it shows like how much work he's put into bettering himself and for him to have had his best season on record with nearly identical stats to last year, minus a win and a couple of DNFs, um, I think means a lot and should be a huge takeaway for him. I think he gets to go to the awards banquet, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, my biggest takeaway was that, you know, he left Sunday and he still, you know, he, he, he admit, self-admitted, like, wasn't really thrilled. Yeah. And, and and some of that obviously has to do with mental health, right? And, and, and I – Trust me, I fully understand. Even when things are going good, you're like, man, it's just, you know, one or two things. But I think he knows that, like, looking back, man, there's a lot of things we left on the table this year. There were a lot of where there are a lot of times where, you know, the crew or, or Booty or somebody made a call that kept them from getting stage points that they could have used to maybe get into the round of eight. There are situations where maybe he wasn't as aggressive as he should have been, as you see other guys being. And I think in the closing laps of Phoenix and just calm and just like sitting in the car last time for the season, it kind of dawned on him and he was like, I've got to hit it harder next year. Very excited to see what the team does next year. Um, you know, and, and I really think that he has come such a tremendously long way in a very short period of time. And so I'm just over the moon with it. I really hope that this time off allows him to decompress, to feel better um, and be happier. But I think that he knows how to work on these things now. He knows how to address the shortcomings and how to better them. And so um, – and I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, that was the 23-11 corner for me. Like I said, I just really hope we get this die cast – uh, that's, that's it for me. Yeah, I felt that. Uh, before I let everyone speak, I will say this, though. The fact that he literally improves on, on, on tracks that he works at to get better finishes it just makes me happy because he improved himself as a driver, as a person, too. And then him finishing in the top 10, made to the playoffs in the round of 12, just static. I'm happy as a fan. I'm proud of him. Do all the ups and downs that he had been through all, uh, during his six years in Cup. And and trust me, he, he going to cook in 2024. I'm blaming the mothers now. Yeah, I think with everything he's had to deal with, um, you know, with the beginning of the season and how that started and, you know, they're in person watching it happen in real time, um, you know, to now, I mean, it just feels like a totally different season and in a good way. Um, but just knowing, you know, everything he had to deal with, you know, with the team, with, you know, whatever he's dealing with mentally, I get it. I mean, I'm going through the same thing, but, you know, it's it's really cool to see him just kind of bounce back and really pushing everybody's faces and showing like, yeah, I'm here, you know, <laughs> all y'all counting me out. Look where I am. Where's your driver? Exactly. You know, and so it was just cool to see that. And that's, I was fine with, you know, whatever happened in the playoffs. If you made it to the championship four, fine. If you didn't, okay. 
but the fact that he just made it and didn't even win a race but still made it like that was insane and I'm just I'm so proud of him for just kind of getting himself together and really you know taking the initiative to you know do everything he could to have a good finish to the season so kudos to him you know for doing that because I I'm really proud of him last thing also for him to finish in the top 10 without getting any of what I went to the stage is literally insane like that's 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 like that's cool man all right what you got yeah you know looking back at this season um I'll start with Tyler first uh I feel like his performance was really in line with what I was expecting coming in the year you know, I expected him to get a couple wins, be in the playoffs. I thought around the round of eight would be about as far as that team would go, especially in their first year together. I was really more surprised by the the pit road issues that that team really had. Uh, we've talked about it here before, but there were a couple of weeks where uh, uh, Tyler was just blowing up on the radio, rightfully so. Um yeah. And then there were several weeks where he was the problem on pit road, you know, getting speeding penalties. Um, so those kind of surprised me. Uh, hopefully those are just growing pains. You know, Tyler's obviously super talented. I'm glad he's in that seat. It seems like he and Bubba get along well. So it seems like there's some good synergy there. I have no doubt that he played a role in helping Bubba's performances on the road courses this year, which I'm really grateful for. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him back next year. Um, and then for Bubba, yeah, I think this season definitely was an improvement. Obviously, the only issue is that they just didn't get a win. Um, that's the only sour note that I really have. And, you know, to Carl's point, there, I think back to Chicago. I think back to Dega 1. I think back to Auto Club, the, the tire failure at the Kansas playoff race. Like, there was just a lot of points that they left on the table. Um, that just kind of came back to bite them late. Um, they definitely had races where they had the speech. Uh, Charlotte, the 600 was another race we talked about last week where they had a lot of speed. So the, the talent is there. I think that team just has to find a way to execute a little bit better in the second half of races. And we've talked about that on here a bunch before, but uh, just finding that way to keep up with the track, keep up with the competition, stay ahead of them. Um, and hopefully, you know, Bubba will have those better finishes because the speed is there. The talent's there, you know, getting those good finishes on road courses, getting them at, at Kansas, at Bristol, Martinsville. Um, there's a lot of tracks that really line up well for him. And one thing I, I touched on in our chat uh, earlier in the week was, they just have to get one win in the regular season. Just get that one win and a couple stage points. And though the playoffs line up really well for him. I know there's two road courses in there, and those haven't been his forte, but he ran really well at the Roval and at Watkins Glen. So there's no reason why he can't do what Blaney did, I think, to be honest with you. I mean, end of last year, Blaney had a good season, but no wins. Um, it was really just uh, – a side character helping Joey get a championship, but I have no reason to doubt that this team has the ability to take that next step and improve. And they ran up at the front and, you know, I think that's something that they talked about with Texas was um, 
Bubba didn't have a ton of experience versus some of his contemporaries in terms of being up front late in races. You know, for Kyle Larson, that's no big deal. For Joey Logano, Danny Hamlin, like they are used to that more weeks than not being in the top five late in a race. And Bubba just hasn't had as many opportunities come into this season to be in that situation, whether it's driver issues, whether it's the team not being good enough, the car not being good enough, even going back to his petty days. I mean, that car was very rarely in a top 10 late in the race. So um, I think that was great experience for him. And I, I get that frustration as well. Like I'm sure the season is a huge drag. I think he puts so much pressure on himself uh, being the only black driver at the cup series that um, he just feels that he left something out there on the table. And I'm guessing that's what it is, but uh, I would hope that with time he, as he gets further away from the season, he can really reflect on the season that they had and he can really be proud of it. Like I'm certainly extremely proud. Like, I mean, you want to get wins and, and be a competitor for the title. But I mean, there was stretches during this playoffs where they were on fire and we're having great finishes, great runs. So that's something that they should all just be really, really proud of. Um, and another thing I want to touch on briefly, because I think uh, Carl might have mentioned it, was the Star Wars partnership. Um, I just think that's such a cool thing. I did not expect that coming. I'm not a giant Star Wars fan. I think I was 28 when I watched star wars for the first time so like oh i god what is wrong with y'all i don't it's just not my thing but i, I like them <laughs> but i'm just not gassed up over i'm like losing my mind over but i like uh mark hamill so um but the thing that i i really wanted to touch on and obviously we're a pro bubba podcast so i'm gonna give him his flowers for this is that this just really reinforces that in the last three or four years that bubba is a top five most important driver for nascar um, if you want to tell me there's five drivers on track that are more talented than him, I would not argue that. I think you can easily make that case. But if you go to NASCAR HQ and you give those folks some true serum, they would tell you that he is probably a top three most important driver because you look at his placement outside of the bubble of NASCAR and he's one of the biggest known faces. And you can say, oh, he's only known that because he's the black driver or whatever. But he is known as Bubba Wallace, a race car driver. You know, that's why he's on those promos. I always hear on Twitter, oh, why is he on these promos? He's not even champion. Like, that's why. Because he gets eyeballs on the sport. That's why he's on the cover of video games with Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney, two now champions. You know, the dude moves numbers and he moves the needles. And, you know, for NASCAR to break out of the, the stereotype that it's, you know, rednecks going around in a circle and tap into these new markets, like Bubba is the tip of the spear for those efforts. You know, I just I think it's such a cool thing because, you know, I guarantee you, and this is a, not a knock on any of those guys, but like Chris Buescher ain't getting Star Wars. You know, yeah. William Byron ain't showing up and get at Mark Hamill's house for a commercial. You know, like they just don't have that kind of of cultural relevancy uh and they just don't move the needle like he does and, and so people were salty i mean yeah that's exactly why and i yeah. just think that's just something that i feel like we within our circle give him credit for that's something i would hope that folks outside or folks that listen to the podcast who may not even recognize it just because they might be pro bubba fans or whatever but just the fact that he is able to walk into rooms that almost no other driver can you know, and, you know, I think about like 
like a Kyle Bush. Like he, you could tell me Kyle Bush head to head is better than Bubba Wallace. I would not argue that any stretch. Look at his resume. It's amazing. But when it comes to getting marketing dollars, when it comes to getting eyeballs on the product, Bubba just has something that no other guy can match in a sport where it's all about off track marketing as much as it is on track performance. Like he's leading the league in that category. You know, he's got sponsors lined up out the door for him. And so I just think this partnership really was a, a big reflection of it. I thought it was so cool to see. I ordered a shirt. Um, I'm patiently waiting for that diecast link to pop up any day now, Lionel. If you're listening, holler at me. I want one. I want a couple probably. Same. Um, but I just wanted to just make that call out because I just think, like I said, this is something that's really cool. And yeah, I wish I had gotten more screen time during the race, but um, I mean, it was all over Twitter in the week leading up. And I think that debut video hit like a couple million views for sure, at least two or three million views. Um, and that's just something that he's able to do based off of himself and his brand. You know, we talk about paint schemes and, and all of that, but like his brand is able to go out there and get these partnerships. And I just think that's really cool. And, you know, I love to see the fact that he's able to get those deals and, you know, I'm sure that they, they didn't come free. I'm sure that my man got a check for it. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. I, I do want to say real quick, you know, as, as far as, um, talk about how polarizing he is and things like that, you know, and, and my, my, me and my dad talk about like NASCAR all the time. Um, it's something that he knows I love. He knows that I'm not as fluid in stick and ball sports. And he has tries really hard to understand like the ins and outs of it. Um, and daddy listen to this shout out because sometimes he'll listen and he won't tell me. Uh, but I, you know, he, he brought up a great point to me some time ago which is like I told him, I was like, it's just so annoying when we talk about like Bubba being the only black driver. And my dad is just like, and this is a record of, of center beats for me, but my dad was like, you know, so the fuck what? Even if he is like the only black driver and that is why they market him, that's a huge accomplishment. I mean, you think about how long like NASCAR has been, you know, like a major league sport and you have this black driver who, you know, is, 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 you know, has a huge music interest, like I said, and is very vocal and well-spoken. He talked about his mental health. Like, it, it, it's something to behold amongst the sea of, you know, the children of of good old boys and and, and air conditioner salesmen, um, you know, like I said, so and, and, and nepotism, baby. So I, I don't think anybody else in the garage, like, could have pulled off a Star Wars scheme. Like, nobody could have approached them and it been like as big of a deal right like i don't except because blaney. i don't except like no blaney for sure right but i'm saying like outside of the sport because like i shared that video with him and mark camel and a group of friends of mine that are not nascar fans they are star wars fans and they're like wow it's really cool that bubba got this it wasn't who is this guy is he good is he successful like x y and z right like it was like it was an immediate difference in conversation so um yeah i mean i think that even if people want to make the argument that like oh he's only there because of his race next y and z like okay like even if that's the case bro it, it you know he, he it still is moving the needle in the right direction regardless so um and the fact that he can perform to back it up now is only makes it even sweeter. So, yeah, that's that's my take on that. Yeah, with um, you know, during the pre-race ceremonies, um, they had that young man. I think his name is Grayson. 
an up and coming cart driver, um, another African American child. Um, you know, Bubba's presence opens doors and then gives, you know, more minorities an opportunity to to try and strive for something besides like, oh, I want to be in the NBA, oh, I want to be in the NFL. I feel like with with being a NASCAR driver, you don't have to be the fastest, you don't have to be the tallest, you don't have to be the strongest. You can have skill, and it doesn't matter, you know, what body type you are, which opens a lot more of us, you know, to, to, to sit in a race car seat. I mean, look at Austin Hill's big ass. He, he's 6'5", 300 pounds. You know, he raced the last race cars. Um, but it just helps, you know, the, the, the future generations that we're raising. Um, it helps the kids, you know, have other role models and, and different people to, to look up to. Um, so that was, it was really inspiring to see super proud of Bubba, super proud of the season that he had, you know, NASCAR is really lucky. You have an African-American driver, someone who's an advocate for mental health, somebody who's amazing star power, just happy, go lucky, willing to shoot whatever promotion that needs to be shot. You know, he'll be, you know, sitting in the, in the closed door meetings and offers insight about where the brand should go, where the, you know, the sport should to take its next step. So, um, I appreciate NASCAR wrapping their hands around him um, and seemingly help Bubba, you know, guy of the future. Um, you know, just to touch on Danny's point about the Roger Pinchy handshake, you know, the, the hand-arm debacle. Um, hopefully, um, Toyota themselves is cooking up something great because allegedly they're coming out with a car next year too. So we might have to say uh, our goodbyes and our sorrows and change our allegiance to the, the great Roger Pinsky. Um, if Toyota does their thing with this new bodied car, um, Denny puts his foot down in David Wilson's office and says, you will treat me as an equal to JGR else. Um, and hopefully we can't um, cook up some speed ourselves um, where we can have, you know, two drivers at 23 with multiple race wins, multiple stage wins. And who the hell knows? Maybe both of them will be in the championship for next year. So um, before we move on to the next segment, um, it was an interesting uh, statistic that got brought up on Twitter. You know, Blaney went winless last season. He's a champion this year. And I like those odds for Bubba. So let's move on. The light's too bright. No, get those lights off. Off. Turn them off. They're too, they're too bright. Turn them off. Turn them off. Let's go. Ready? Turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. All right. Um, Adam Stevens, this award's for you. You brought the wrong break package to, to Phoenix and cost your boy a title. I, I, I can blame you because you... You went into the part spin. You went the part spin and grabbed Bubba's Bubba's uh, breaks from St. Louis. You should have known better, my boy. Lights too bright. Um, I was gonna give somebody else an award. It's gonna be really funny too. It escaped me because we just had that that heartfelt, you know, Bubba section. Damn it! I want to be funny tonight. No, it wasn't them. Everybody on Twitter talking crap. That's it. Uh, I'm on Twitter either. Damn it. We'll, we'll uh, take a lap and come back to you. <laughs> yeah, take a lap. We'll go take a lap. Let me go. Let me oh, go. God. Oh, right. yeah. You better get ready because my life's too bright for this. It got two drivers in the truck series. Number one name. Cars are so far. I don't name. That's expected. Corey Hine. I'm going to tell you why. That's also expected. So, <laughs> yeah, of course. So, 
I can understand Corey Holmes getting mad that he, that he got uh, done by Col- uh, Carson. I can understand that. They 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 want they they want to do it. They want to dump him with their four laps to go, which which caused Grant his championship. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this, bro. What the f- you doing, dog? Four laps to go, bro. You couldn't wait to end the race. You want to dump him now, bro? That's just some clown foolery, dog. Some massive clown foolery be, between these two. But oh well, oh well. Yes, what it is? I'm done. I'm, I'm done ranting. Danny. Mine is um mine is Blaney's Pickrip this week. Um, they really, really did not help him. Just about every stop was slow. You know, yes, Blaney and he had the car this week. He was able to overcome it, but. He, they just, like I said, they gave him basically every possible opportunity to lose that race was because of the pit crew. Um, and to kind of actually piggyback off of that a little bit, honestly, to some extent, whoever picked the setups for HMS this week, because both uh, Kyle and uh, Byron, I mean, again, I should point out, Blaney had an absolute rocket ship. I'm sure under any other circumstance, they those would have probably been, you know, top five cars but it's like it's like y'all ain't come cheated up like what are you doing and both of them you know they had good short run speed but those long green flag runs they just didn't have anything and you watched them drop through the field um well crack is dropped through the front part of the field because of course the race got rather spread out so there's really not in this context there isn't that far back to go but my point being is that you you watch them lose pace relative to really ross and uh ryan which in a championship race it's like how on earth did you do that Kiana. yeah i think i gotta give it to kyle larson um especially after how he was clearly trying to cut Ryan's tires um, that really just kind of fired me up because I knew what he was trying to do and I saw several other people notice it too online and I mean first of all he didn't even get it done and second of all he still didn't win the race or the championship so um, he was just doing a whole lot of you know just doing a whole lot of stuff for nothing and it didn't work so you know there you go that's what he gets that's what he deserves a whole lot of nothing a whole lot of nothing yeah, I would say the number one lights too bright for me has to go to the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series as a whole organization uh, <laughs> that goes to race control, that goes to the drivers, that goes to the crew chiefs, that goes to the folks with the haulers, that goes to the people that put the air in the tires, the Damn, gas the up at Sunoco Fuel. The, the only person that's innocent is that flag man who was worn out. Like, God bless you, bro. Hey, like, you're hey. the only innocent out there Friday night. Um, that, just uh, an abomination of a product. Like, y'all, uh, again, embarrassing is the word. Um, all of y'all get the brightest shades possible because you, with the exception of, I'm going to say Raj, just because he's a fan favorite here. The rest of y'all were just 
trash garbage. Um, that's all I can say. I mean, um, also, and then for... the director got arrested, you know, like last month too. So, oh lord. <laughs> so, so it starts so at like, the top. So we knew what was coming. <laughs> so it starts at the top. See, you know what? That just further validates my opinion of this series. Oh, that goes to just show you, you know, if, if the top ain't right, the rest gonna crumble underneath it. Um, okay. all about the same. I remembered my lights too bright. After about to speak, I was about to say, uh, the flag man that was stressed out is it reminds me of that, uh, that Papa's uh, meme lady that, that was stressed out over them chicken sandwiches, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't blame that guy because there's no reason that a race should last 17 hours, you know, not a NASCAR race if it's some 24 hours at Daytona, maybe, but uh, not for a truck race, a 150 mile, whatever it is, truck race. Um, and then for the cup series. Uh, Kiana kind of stole mine, but I got to go with the five of Larson as well. Even though Blaney had destiny on his side, you were still at his bumper, um, with like 10 to go and you got crossed up. Like it was AI and, uh, you were, losing. <laughs> so, uh, I gotta give it to you. Like the, the, we always use the line on the show, the right, the money's on the table. Well, I mean, you were right there, my boy, and you just had to get one spot whether you nudge him bump him whatever it takes and not. uh you well he did it grasping a whole lot of air so um yeah. and that'll be that'd be my lights too bright as well for the cup series um well you know what for the five you know i think they, they could have this one um you know i was thinking earlier to carl's point about them being really kind of the, the standard in cup series the last three years just in terms of consistency and performance so you know they can they can go into the off season with a pair of sunnies. That's fine. Yeah. It just it shows how unserious the truck series is. Where Fox didn't even fly the the broadcast team out to the racetrack. Oh my that, gosh, that was that was gonna be my life too bright. Actually, was for the for the Fox producers and 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 to not even to not even try to disguise it or to hide it or anything. It was painfully clear they they did not even fly them out for that. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. I mean, they should be embarrassed behind that. Um, it, but if I have to alternate my life to bright recipient, uh, I'm looking at the 2023 official standings, and the person I want to talk about has won three races, but he is not in the top ten of points. Guess who it is? Speak on it. Martin, I hope Johnny Moore sucked the shit out of you for that one, boy. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> and that's three, count them three, swear tonight. But but oh. I, you know, man, uh, I I just I just I gotta how how does this happen, man? How does this happen? Oh, we, we 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 go we we leave Daytona, and in my mind. I'm like, okay, the champions are either going to come from Hendrick or JGR. It's either going to be the 11, the 19, the 5, or the 24. That in my mind. And how do you manage to, to piddle fart your way through three rounds of competition, give it away at the end? You don't even have a top 10 points like like getting the show for. You're not even going to, I guess it's Nashville they have it at now. Yeah. It, yeah. Up. You're not even you're not even going to Nashville to eat dinner, bro. <laughs> He don't that's deserve crazy. that dinner. That's Whoa. crazy. That's crazy. That's, crazy. that's crazy, bro. That's crazy. So, so he should have been. He should be. He should have been out the round of twelve. Well, not even that. 
just to, to piggyback on Carl's point, we just talked about Bubba's year. No wins. No right. stage wins. Right. Uh, right. Ten in points and a round-trip flight to Nashville for the awards banquet. Martin Truex Jr., you are this season's light two right winner. Oh, yeah. For the season. For the season. Yeah, that's fair. One second. One second. So I found a tweet. Someone said it's my bubba. He said, and he didn't want a single win, only five top tens. Also, he finished third in total points. Only Bush and Harvick were on track longer. That's one hell of a a statistic. Yeah, and, and, and zero stage wins, mind you. Right um, for for the twenty three. That's that's crazy to me, man. If bro, if I'm James Small, like I said, I'm I, I'm looking at like retirement. Mark, I don't know what I don't know what I'm looking at, <laughs> but I'm just you know, I'm just God. like, bro, that's that's embarrassing. Man. Both of them retirement. How did y'all? How did how did how did it fall apart like that? And oh, so oh. I, you know, man, I just oof. I that's that's nasty work, man. I, honestly. That's crazy, but I mean, hey, that is a that's a Popeye's chick. That's a Popeye's biscuit level choke. Like you cannot tell me that you're gonna go from the the one seed and they give you like twenty points. It's really not twenty; it's like fifteen points. But they give you all those extra points, and you don't even finish in the top ten. I I felt very validated by that because I've been slandering him all playoffs. And uh, he deserved it. He deserved it. He deserved, oh, he he deserved, deserved everyone. It. Yeah, I felt bad for Denny. Denny's in tears post race because he just he was so upset. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah. just yeah. so upset. And you got Martin Truex Jr. over there just all, oh well, you know, dragon next year. What the fuck? Yeah, you well, with dragon <laughs> right. next well, year? And, and 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 you know, man, like I said, all that, all that, like I said, will I, won't I? Shit, maybe that's what, what came into effect. Um. Like I said, as far as like, oh, I might come back, I might not. Like, bro, come on, man. Right, well, retire, um, bro. Don't come back, retire. But oh. anyway, that's yeah, that's that's my life. Two bright winners, the nineteen yes. of Martin Truex Jr. I will not be heading down to Bass Pro Shops by tracker nah, boat anytime soon, based off that performance. No tracker boats. Let me tell no, you, no auto trader uh, insurance. He can go look here. Go he can suck. go to um, a Bass Pro Shops in Nashville, buy some jerky. That can be his banquet dinner. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, 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 no. What he can do is uh, go fishing, and then that, and don't, don't don't draw no more. Hey man, you know, uh, I like that. Yeah, going yeah. fishing. Retire. Yeah. Like Don't come back. Yeah. You too, James Moore. You suck. So, um, the open mic segment. I just want to just recall and recant to just bring this back. Um, Eric Almarola, you will not be missed. Um, you <laughs> are not. You are not Kobe. You, you are, are not the Mike. You are not Jeff Gordon. You are not uh, Tony Stewart. You are not Kurt Busch. You are not any of these great racers that we. Shed tears over them leaving the sport. You couldn't leave fast enough, my dog. Like, thank you. I'm glad you're leaving. Hopefully, your team owners have the wherewithal to sell your charter because nobody, I don't think, is fit to drive that car anymore because you've just ruined that that team to shame. Um, but if anybody else has to drive the car, maybe maybe Noah can can fail upwards and um and get that. If he does get this car, can we do a Noah's Arc three in the off season? Yeah, if absolutely. Noah does get this out absolutely. Back to the absolutely. I would love I'm nothing like, more. I want to keep that story going. That's a really great story that we have going there. But um, Rodney Childers, I'm mad at you. We told you last week. We begged you. We pleaded to come cheated. Cheated up. You tried, oh. but it wasn't enough. 
I needed you ultra cheating. You only came semi. Oh, cool. um, but just wanted to just to truly and honestly just wish um, Kevin Hart a, a happy retirement. Um, I'm looking forward to you bringing some life and some some common sense into the uh, the Fox booth. You and only you can put the reins in the hands on Clint Boy and make him behave himself to give a, a, a race worthy broadcast job. So um, thank you for you know stepping in. And when there was a great loss on the sport, you've been a great driver and a great champion. Um, I'm looking forward to your uh, your next job here come February. That's that's all I got to say in, in this segment. Anyone want to add, subtract, multiply, divide? Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go last on the uh, on the open mic. Uh, if anybody else has got anything. Well, I do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm a miss Kevin. I've always liked uh, Kevin. Uh, in in cup, um, still feel like uh, well, again we we talk about it all the time. This is a, a horse that has been well and truly beaten to death, but you know I still think he got robbed in 2020 um, with that run that he had. Thanks. But but uh, yeah, I'll miss him. It'll be it'll be good to see him in the booth, but it's gonna be so weird to not see him racing. Um, you know he is, you know basically my entire NASCAR awareness, he has been in cup. So it's wild to think that he's not going to be, uh, not going to be around uh, next year. It's just, that's wild. But yeah, I figure if anybody will shut Boyer up, it'll probably be him. So that, uh, that will be nice. But um, yeah, as far as, you know, certainly NASCAR goes, that's all. However, I do want to tease because tomorrow, um, New episode of Chicanery is going to be cooking. Uh, it's going to be kind of a monster, actually. We've got, <laughs> yeah, we've got two Whoa. rounds. Of, yeah, we've got two rounds of Formula One to cover, and we've got a whole bunch of sports car racing to cover, and we need do need to do an update on silly season. So that might end up getting broken up into two parts. We're going to have to kind of see how that goes. But wait, question: Danny. What is there going to be a uh, let's start a dialogue segment too? I beg your pardon. Uh, you know they see you had doing the. Uh, Let's start a dialogue. Oh, yes, we probably will be. Um, we're going to sit down some point tomorrow morning and sort of compile notes because I've been taking notes for the last couple of weeks, and so have they. So we'll see quite how that meshes, but we are almost certainly going to uh, have that Bet. in there somewhere. It's probably one of the funny, funniest segments on the whole uh, show. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Danny and JT, I'd be remiss. Um, Eastside Roasters is our, 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 our proud presenting sponsors. Um, we are one week closer to taste testing the vibes. I just, I, I can, I know I keep bringing it up because I'm very, very excited. You will get to taste Victory Lane vibes and tell your friends, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, and absolutely. And this goes out. I, you know, talked about it on the Twitter space uh, last week. But you know, certainly, if anybody listening, if you are interested, because I will be doing a small run of, you know, basically prototype bags. If you are interested uh, at a specter of sorts, DM me on Twitter with a mailing address and I will get one shipped out for you. Ooh, best part of waking up. They don't even on TV no more. Bruh, no, those lawyers still on retainer. Don't we don't play around with the legal. Right. We already had our 
run-ins. Never mind. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I want. I want to. Uh, I want to kind of piggyback one on Danny's point. I still remember. Yeah, you know, I feel like we always do this, like reminiscing, especially us fans who have been watching for a little bit longer. But I still remember uh, Harvick's first race. You know, like coming in and under the worst possible circumstances. Um, oh, yeah. And I, and I still remember that first win. I remember being real mad as a kid because <laughs> Jeff Gordon was my guy and he beat him at the line. But you know, that's one of those races that I look back on and I'm like, I'm real glad my driver finished second that day. Like, <laughs> like the sport needed that car to win on that particular day. Yeah. Um, and I just think he's one of those guys that's just been such a stalwart of the, the garage, the last, 10 15 years um and you know had an amazing career first ballot hall of famer um always seemed like a, a straight shooter like one of those guys that would be honest with you tell you what he thinks and you know especially when he was happy harvick when he was in his younger days <laughs> man that man was a menace like he <laughs> was jumping off cars and and trying to Boy, start fights and real fun, really yeah. nice guy, bro, bro like they don't they don't make him like they used to because nah, young kevin harvick not. would get after it and yeah, uh you know that's just like like something i really appreciate energy yeah like he, i really appreciated that um just because that was something that you just didn't see that often like you never see that now um and so yeah you, i'm looking forward to hearing him in the booth um he's done some you know i guess trial races like xfinity races and he's good like he's real good in the booth so i'm expecting that to be a real <laughs> smooth transition uh so yeah like best of luck to him i think that's awesome that he's had such a great career and he went out you know i think we all know like he was more competitive than that car was um it's not a case where kevin harvick's a scrub it's i just don't want to i mean i don't want to race in this crappy four car right now because Stuart haas is falling apart at the moment um and the other thing i just wanted to touch on was um we had a lot of talk about you know playoffs online and you know we talked about on the show but I have this is big news. I've come around. I've given up on hoping for a Winston Cup playoff system to come back. And I will settle. So NASCAR, if you're listening, I will happily settle for a 2006 style chase where we just do the one reset. Like, I think that's a great compromise for me. I think this shows huge personal growth for me as a racing fan that's willing to meet you in the middle. <laughs> uh, I feel like that that's a good that's a good middle ground. So in Ascar, if you're listening, you know, it, it rewards some consistency and you still bunch the field back up after 26 races. So I look forward to hearing your counter proposal. You have all my information. Tweet us at VLVise Podcast on Twitter. Thank you very much. Uh, um I remember um I wasn't really a big Kevin Hart fan, but I did have tons of respect for so. Remember him? It was in a twenty-nine car that Pennzoil um, Impala SS. Him winning the him, him literally winning winning the um, the the Daytona five hundred in two thousand seven by beating Mark Martin at the end, and him just going off on races, literally, literally just just stealing wins because they called him close for a reason. And I remember him. Uh, could keep mild was not keeping up with NASCAR news in like 2013, 2014 because I wasn't really care about it, but. When he went to the when he went to the four car, I'm like, I'm like, wait, when did he get a new team? Interesting. And then he ended up winning a championship that same year. J -j just a phenomenal racer. 
and I'm and I'm really gonna uh, gonna miss him um on the track, but I am gonna be excited for him being the booth, so can hardly be cooking. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I is everybody else gone? Yeah, I'm done, bro. Okay, yeah. Um, so just to close out, open mic. Uh, first of all, about Kevin Harvick, I didn't think to say anything about that, but um, you know, man, I, I've I've been a fan for over 20 years at this point, you know, and, and I probably have spent the majority of those years, um, you know, wanting Kevin Harvick to be the guy that Kyle Busch beat, right? I've been a Kyle Busch fan since the Arca days. And from, you know, from, from the time that they, that they said that, you know, he showed up in the Bush series and in the cup series later, you know, Kyle and Kevin were neck and neck for a lot. And so despite this being the era where Jimmy Johnson was so dominant, if I if, if Kyle Busch could be one person on Sunday, I wanted to be Kevin Harvick because in my mind, for a lot of those years, now there was a period of time where RCR was, was to me off. But in my mind, if we beat Kevin, we'd be probably one of the best, right? Um, he just has had a knack his entire career of – being there at the end, um, doing whatever it takes, and 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 being very vocal and being a tell it how it is kind of guy, um, you know, an incredible amount of respect for him to take Bubba under his wing when Bubba got to the Cup Series. I think is is a fantastic, you know, they really gained a lot of respect for me from him and and to see how fatherhood has changed him, how much that first title meant, and and really how much he. And we can't see it now, but how much he he showed up at SHR and he took that operation under his wing and really helped them grow. And I think the foundation is there for them to be a successful team. They just have to have some things go right. Um, I'm excited for this next chapter for him. Uh, I'm certainly going to miss him as a competitor, but, um, you know, I'm glad that he got to go out on top. You know, I think about, you know, so many guys. I listened to that um, McMurray episode of the Dale Jr. Download the other day. And he talked about, you know, so many other guys hung around for so long, taking whatever opportunity they had to stay in the Cup Series um, and run 30th every week. And, and Kevin didn't do that. You know, another top 10 at his most successful track, you know, on those last races, was really cool to see. So um, that's been great uh, as far as that is. And, and uh, thank you for everything, Kevin. If any of his fans are listening, um, it's been it's been real. So. Besides that, I want to say this um, as we're wrapping up this episode. Um, we started doing a weekly episode 21 weeks ago. Um, and the conversation for this podcast started about three weeks before then. This is something that I've always wanted to do. I think that a lot of us have always wanted to do. And I think we realized that, um, you know, this is the time has never been better the uh, landscape has never been better for a podcast like ours to exist. Um, it has been an amazing, you know, an amazing uh, few months. We've had two driver interviews. Uh, we've done a lot of great stuff. Um, working so close with Jared and Art and Danny and, and Bonte and Kiana these weeks has been such a, a real pleasure. And just seeing the legitimate reactions of people hearing the show for the first time, people that we've known for a long time, um, it's been great. And, you know, and, and to be able to put this together and say, look, you know, we want to provide a platform to let people know, like, not only are there black NASCAR fans, but there are black NASCAR fans that are well versed in this 
and that can have these in-depth discussions um, and and create this community that we've created. And so it's been such an honor and it's been really just a great first year. Um, we've done a lot of cool stuff, you know, with Shane and everything with, um, uh, you know, our East Side Roasters, uh, you know, with our, our, our coffee deal that's coming together. Thanks to Danny. It's been really great. And um, I was... We, if this isn't the end of the season for us or anything like that, but um, just looking back at the body of work we've done, the amount of energy we put into this, um, you know, I know you guys staying up late and recording, waiting on people to show up, you know, me coming in and not getting into nine o'clock at night and staying up till one or two in the morning to edit this week, get it out on time. I mean, it's been a true commitment. Thank y'all for that. Honestly, everybody. Um, and thank you all for the, to the listener for listening and giving us a reason to do this every week. If the engagement has grown, the account has grown, the numbers have grown, it, and we, it's, it's let us know that we're doing the right thing and we're accomplishing the mission that we set up to accomplish, which has been so awesome to see. And it really has been a high point of the year for me. I'm so proud of everything that we've done. So I just wanted to make sure I put that on the end of this episode as we go into the off season because things are going to be probably a little sparse. Uh, as far as not sparse, but a little bit more less traditional than what we've been doing as far as episodes and stuff like that. So, um, but that's all I had to say for this week. I mean, nothing else truly needs to be said, but um, I'll let you get your breath because I want you to go in and uh, unveil some of these off season plans we got for the people. Uh, personally, yes. I, I want oh, the Christmas ahead. episode. Um, I want us to sing Silent Night by the Temptations. I want us all to oh Tennessee, and we're going to sing Silent Night by the Temptations because you can't get copyrighted trademark lawsuit. You ain't got to go all oh, what? You ain't coming. I heard your song. Listen, oh, okay. If you could have given anybody me... coming to see you, Elvis. Wow. If you could have okay. given me a hundred guesses, I would still... You give me you can't do the Kirk Franklin gifts. like I would have Come never on. picked it. I, I have hits like we gonna have karaoke. We gonna do that. We gonna do this oh Christmas God. by Chris Brown. <laughs> no, do, uh, absolutely not. Um, what's the one? Can we, we do? Uh, can we do uh, "Wonderful Christmas Time" by Paul McCartney? We can do, we can do that one too. <laughs> oh, That's a no. good one. That's it's a great one. All it's the only it. Christmas song that I like. <laughs> I, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, all of them. Yeah, because they so basically yeah. be on the lookout. Hey, man, dog, no, because it's, <laughs> you know, like, it's 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 so funny because it's like you can tell that they were they just called them there, like, hey, man, we need a we need a Christmas song from you, and you could just tell, like, on the ride over, he was just like googling down like lyrics, like, what does this sound like? And um, the video was even funnier if you've never seen the video for that song. Because it's literally just like him and another guy like walking to a bar like on Christmas Eve and just hanging out. It's, it's the funniest thing ever. But, or, or I got um, one. Um, Gucci Mane. Huh? Really? Gucci Mane, the Christmas album. Man. <laughs> ah, let's go. How to make a, you know how to take a good thing and just ruin it. Keep don't it you? rolling. Just, All right, Carl, what you got for us? Uh, keep the so, train rolling. Um, oh, God. Uh, so what, so what do we have going? Well, uh, next week we're going to do, um, our year in review. So we're going to do, um, what I'm going to call the report card episodes. And we're going to talk about, uh, the three series and three different episodes and who we're going to give an A, B, C, D, or F to. Um, 
We also, I, I, mean, I, I had talked about, um, you know, a fan involvement episode. Uh, we're still working on some details on that. Um, but we're going to be talking about the upcoming NASCAR game and, and just kind of what NASCAR game means to you and stuff like that. And so um, when that's all ready to go, I'm going to put that on our socials as to where you can interact with us and, and me and potentially some people here, maybe some outside people are going to be listening to those and interviewing those uh, comments and just discussing it. Uh, outside of that, um, probably silly season stuff as it comes out. And whatever else we can come up with to annoy you guys for the next 12 weeks. Um, and that, that's going to be about it. But, but like, so we've got some stuff solid for the first uh, two or three weeks of the off season for sure. So, you know, uh, real quick, you, you forgot one that we talked about way back when uh, we even talked about it recently, but NASCAR classics came along just at the right time. We, so. Yes, Absolutely. You might have to do some watch-alongs. If you follow us on the socials, keep an eye out. We might look for some uh, recommendations of races so you can watch with us and get our live reactions to. Yeah, well, How yeah. many people can you get into a stream yard as uh, spectators? Well, so you can you can, you can can set it up to do like an online lectern kind of deal. Uh, I, I'd imagine uh, a good amount. I had forgotten about that completely, but... I will say um, I have watched them all race with some friends. It's absolutely a blast. I think that would be uh, fantastic pre or post Thanksgiving antics. So that may be something where we can solidify Bet schedules with some people. Yeah, well, we can solidify some schedules with some folks. We, that's something we're looking forward to. Um, I'd forgotten about that completely. So I thank you for that art. But um, that's that's what we got right now. Um, I don't know if anybody else has anything else that they've gotten planned that they just hadn't told me about. We're going to shenan so we can shenan again. Um, <laughs> as as wow. our ideas flow, um, we'll, we'll be letting you guys know. Um, we use hashtag Ask Bonte a lot. Maybe you can ask Bonte what you want out of us for an off-season episode. Hell, we might even draw our name out of hat and have y'all come on here with us one day and we just come on here and just talk about nascar and racing and stuff but with that i'm gonna go ahead and close this thing out it's been a pleasure being with you these last 21 weeks um with this uh podcast victory lane vibes podcast like danny mentioned chicanery is coming out with a new episode directly after ours be sure to continue and listen to them uh because sadly f1 keeps going after nascar ends but um oh man vegas Vegas isn't a show. Um, so as long as that doesn't happen, then they'll bring some quality content for you. Well, I can say either way, because Dan and JT get pretty fired up over there. So um, y'all make sure y'all stay tuned for Chicanery. Um, and we will see y'all in a bit. All right. See y'all.